Welcome to Crypto Connect, the show that teaches you how to learn about, connect with, and onboard into the world of crypto, blockchain, and Web3. I'm your host, Sam McCarthy, a master's student at the London School of Economics. I'm also part of the London Blockchain Labs, the largest student-run blockchain organization in the UK. And yes, I know what you're thinking. I go to the London School of Economics and I'm a member of the London Blockchain Labs, and yet I don't have a British accent. Unfortunately for all you listeners, I'm American, and so is my accent. At LBL, we connect a talented community of students and professionals with companies within crypto to help educate, network, and shape the future of the industry. And I'm hoping this podcast helps us to achieve that mission. Each episode, I will be joined by a member of the crypto community, someone building something cool, working for a project, or otherwise reshaping traditional elements of society through crypto and blockchain technology. The goal is to demystify what it's like to work in the industry and to share the best ways to get involved. For our first episode, I'm speaking with Dagan Reed, advisor to us at LBL and community manager at Vega Protocol, a decentralized derivatives trading platform. In this conversation, we talked about how Dagan first started learning about crypto, how his experience working at LBL, as well as starting a men's dance club, helped him get his job at Vega, and why proof of work is more than just a Bitcoin consensus mechanism. It was a super fun conversation and a great way to kick off this podcast series. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Dagan, how's it going? Hey, Sam, how are you? Looking forward to this. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show as our uh, very first guest. Um, thanks a lot for joining. Really appreciate it. Um, I thought we'd start by having you briefly introduce yourself. Sure. Hey, I'm Dagan. Um, I was the former uh, executive director of London Blockchain Labs, currently working in community at Vega Protocol. Um, been up to lots of different things in the blockchain space and had a weird journey here. And very excited to be speaking with Sam on the LBL podcast, or whatever he's called the LBL podcast. Amazing. Um, yeah, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that journey into crypto as well. Like, what did um, what did that initial journey look for you uh, like? Um, what did you focus your time and energy on back then? And like, what excited you so much that you kept coming back? Sure. Um, so. I think it was around 2017 time, um, before the big rush and everyone was going a bit crazy uh, when Bitcoin peaked around December time. But I was, uh, I was thinking I was looking into it around April, May uh, that year. Um, I'd come across Bitcoin once before in 2012, and that was around the time of the London Olympics. Um, I was very young back then, or a lot younger than I am now, and uh, I asked my mom if I could buy Bitcoin. I was like, Mom, can you get some of this Bitcoin thing? And I downloaded the Bitcoin blockchain onto her laptop. Um, and I, after downloading the full thing and then trying to get uh, all of the, it, I downloaded the full state of it. So there was hundreds of gigabytes and it took hours and hours and days and days. Well, I don't know how long. And I was trying to mine and I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, the laptop was really, really bad. So you couldn't really mine very easily. And after <laughs> after like a, a couple of hours to a day of trying, I gave up, uninstalled the blockchain, uh, didn't really understand what Bitcoin was, what blockchain was or any of that. Um, and that was kind of it for that part of the journey. 
and then five years later I was in university and I think it was my first year and I came across uh, Bitcoin again it was in the news somewhere and just a lot had to happen since uh, 2012 obviously there was a lot of developments there were big cycles uh, ups and downs and I then was like why is this thing still around if something comes back five years later from obscurity and a nothingness to something people are interested in there must be something to it so then I spent um, I think a summer uh, that summer learning and just reading about what Bitcoin was um, and from doing all of that research I started to discover so many other cryptocurrencies uh, that's when I first found CoinMarketCap which now I think everyone refreshes like 10 times a day or is CoinGecko cool these days I'm not sure um, but I was uh, yeah I was just re looking into all these other coins and I remember I'd saved up a bit of money so I thought the best way, a very small amount of money as a poor student, but I thought the best way to get um, involved or to really make myself learn is to invest all my own money into these different currencies and just play around with it. And then the more that I like start moving stuff around and investing, the more I will um, have to read about the protocols, the projects and learn about the different things that make them click, why are they different, what are the problem are they trying to solve. Obviously a lot of them were Ponzi's and scams back then, uh, some of them still around to this day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just got really, really deep into the space during that summer. I was watching YouTube videos, going on Crypto Twitter, back when Crypto Twitter was in its earlier stages. And everyone was like, oh, you're a normie because you just joined in 2017. But now, it's uh, four years later, it's quite funny um, that we're like the OGs. It's uh, compared to the 2014 gang, it's the 2021-2020 gang. Um, so I was... Yeah, I was just reading, researching, learning, and then making lots of dumb decisions. I had no idea what I was doing, trading, or I didn't really... I don't know, you get a lot of experience, and just over-trading is a bad idea. Um, but I was doing all of that stuff, um, and I, I'd learned quite a lot from all of the stuff I was doing. And then I thought, during that summer... Um, I need to start the Blockchain Society if I come back to university because uh, no one's talking about this stuff. It's quite interesting if it fascinated me, and I was always a bit of a computer tech nerd when I was a little kid, um, then it will be interesting to other people. And uh, yeah, there's the, obviously there's all the different aspects of, um, of, of cryptocurrency that make it quite fascinating. They're, they're moving the middleman, new financial system, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, yeah, Satoshi's white paper. So I wanted to come and make the Bitcoin blockchain, blockchain society at university. I came back to uni, tried to make it, and then I found out that uh, some other people had already uh, had already got together to try and make a blockchain society. So I very quickly found them, and then I asked, I saw what they were doing, and then I joined them within the first month or so of what they were doing, and then I was just working with them for the years, and that turned into London Blockchain Labs, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit about that later. But, yeah, I think that's a long answer to my un weird journey, but everyone has a bit of a weird, different journey into the blockchain space. And then it's kind of been history since then, but there's been a lot of on and off where I was like, this is a... Sometimes you believe a lot in the technology and you're like, okay, this is going to change everything. Then you're like, okay, it was all euphoria and hype. Then there's a big bear market and you're like, okay, maybe I was wrong. So it's a bit of, I don't know... Um, uh, mixed uh, mixed feelings towards everything, but I'm overall like ended up making the dive down the line. Yeah, what I heard was uh, invest first and then research after. Is that uh, is that correct? <laughs> this, I, I should also Ethan. say not not financial advice, but uh... I think actually no. I was um I was a bit more cautious than that. <laughs>
Like when I first started, I spent the first month researching, and then I I started putting invest instead of investing. But then after I invested, I realized I knew nothing, and I had to do more research. But yeah, AFED, AFED first. Yeah, p- people always say that you know skin in the game definitely makes you uh, more motivated to to learn more about the space. Uh, not a terrible way to go about it as long as you don't invest more than you can uh, afford to lose. Um, so that was a great story. I agree. Everybody has a different way into crypto. I, I love that detail of you using your, your mom's uh, laptop to mine or try to mine Bitcoin back. She probably thought you were downloading some virus or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, back in, uh, back in those earlier days, let's say maybe, you know, 2016, 2017, um, there weren't so many different projects and sectors to stay on top of, right? I, I feel like crypto was just crypto as a whole. And nowadays we have DeFi, we have NFTs, uh, emerging crypto gaming and the metaverse, um, and basically new projects coming out every single day. Uh, one of the challenges I've certainly faced um, is keeping up to speed with you know, just the sheer amount of developments uh, going on in the industry. Uh, you know, If you miss a, a week, it's sometimes feels like you missed an entire year. Um, mm. And so yeah, I've sure. definitely dis- yeah, I've definitely decided to spend the majority of my time focused on DeFi. Um, that's one of the ways I've kind of dealt with this, you know, information abundance. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering how you've, you know, dealt with this challenge personally, uh, particularly as you started working uh, full time in the industry. Sure, that's a really good question. Because uh, it changed over the years. Um, but at the at the beginning, I was just, I was throwing myself into everything. And at some point, I felt like I was on top of it all. Like I just, uh, the first year or so, I was just so ridiculously enthusiastic and interested that I was, it was also easier to keep on top of it all because there weren't so many different sectors. As you said, DeFi didn't even exist back then. Um, and then now NFTs, Metaverse, GameFi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, excuse me. Um, so I was, yeah, I think um, at the beginning, it was just reading, like reading the basic resources. Um, I remember like Nick Sabo, the, the white papers, reading Vitalik's blog posts, um, and just learning the, the basic uh, theory of everything. And then um, there was even like really good Berkeley um, uh, PDF or book I read about the principles of cryptography or principles of uh, cryptocurrency. And they just go from building Bitcoin all the way up to Ethereum and all the other different concepts. So first I went did like deeper learning to get the basics of these things. Um, and then it was just getting involved with the blockchain groups and learning from other people. Um, Twitter was actually a useful resource, although it was full of lots of shit posting. But that was how I kept on track of all the new product projects and things that were going on. Um, but you get an eye for Twitter, I've got to say, over time, because now I can tell, like, I can really easily discern when people are shit posting and when things are just absolute wrong or rubbish. Um, and they're just, it's all red flags. Well, not red flags, but red herrings. They're trying to send you the wrong way. Um, or you didn't just disregard things because you know they're not, they don't know what they're talking about. Back then I was a bit more naive, so I just listened to every single thing I've read. Um, but it was a good area to learn about newer developments, and then you would get the, the little hints from there and do your own research afterwards. Um, and then YouTube videos. I found lots of YouTubers who were making videos on the topic. Um, I remember... I used to watch a lot of box mining back in the day, so that was like four years ago. I don't watch him anymore, but um, back at the beginning, he was really useful to learn about new projects. He would interview the founders and the teams, um, and that was cool. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think since in 2018-19, there was a big bear market, and then 
uh, slowly everyone's passion started to wane, like little by little. And at that time, I think 2019, when uh, DeFi Summer was coming around, and there was Compound, Aave, and all the other different uh, like, uh, liquidity provision things and all the things people were degening into, um, I found it really difficult to keep on top back then. And unless you were giving your whole time to really researching and learning, you constantly felt behind and there was always a new development and you were um, a bit confused as to what people, what the new kids were doing, the cool kids are doing these days. Um, so I actually didn't understand them um, providing liquidity until the fact that you had to 50-50 your uh, position and then uh, make it into a, a pooled, a pooled a, a liquidity pair and then add that as that add that as liquidity to a to an exchange or to a platform or whatever, um, a pool. Um, I didn't realize that I, I just didn't get my head around that for like many, many months. And then I was like, shit, I missed all of the early DeFi summer stuff. Um, but now it's a big part of the industry. Um, and yeah, I just felt like things were moving on. Like you had, you actually had to give the time to research and just go full it full in, like spend a weekend just going deep into something, getting your head around it, I think. Um, and now I listen to a lot of podcasts. So podcasts are really useful. They're just a good way, like when I'm walking around or going somewhere traveling, I just download them and then I can listen to various different things to get hot takes on the industry. And also because I work in the industry, I'm constantly around people that are interested in learning and I have to keep on top of it because it's part of my job. Um, otherwise, I'm yeah not really representing or doing as much as I can for the company. So hope that answers the question a bit. I gave you a bit of a long answer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would have to say I'm a big fan of podcasts as well, uh, as uh, our audience might have uh, guessed at this point. Um, so that yeah, that was a that was a great answer. It definitely, there's a lot of resources out there, and it can seem a little bit overwhelming uh, sometimes. But definitely, the best way to to go about, it, in my opinion, you know, is getting your hands dirty, uh, like you said, you know, uh, using the applications. Um, and then learning about them as well uh, is is a great way, uh, particularly for DeFi. I didn't uh, mention so, that. You've got to use the applications. Yeah. <laughs> you were yeah. you were mentioning it earlier. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, I, I wanted to move uh, a little bit forward uh, to talk about what you're currently doing and uh, at Vega. So um, yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you just let us know? How, yeah, how did you first hear of Vega and uh, get connected to the team there? Sure. So I work at a, a company team blockchain project, a DeFi project called Vega Protocol. Um, and Vega are trying to create uh, decentralized derivatives. Uh, they are a software company and they're building out the software layer so that it's a purpose-built blockchain for derivatives. And it um, allows anyone to propose, uh, propose a market, provide initial liquidity, get incentivized for the market creation process. And then um, if people vote for it and it gets passed and the, there's enough open interest, the markets can launch and people can trade any market um, as long as there's all the different parameters needed for the market to go into to get to go live in the first place. So I've been working there for um, about a year and a half now, but I've known the team for, say, two years or so. And I met them initially when I was doing all the uh, university stuff in the blockchain groups, London Blockchain Labs. Um, and I was at a DeFi conference in 20, 2019 or 2018, one of the two. And uh, I, I, I think I met some of their team there because I was talking, I was helping around, I was talking to all the different projects. And um, I just got on really, really well with their team. I saw they were quite, um, they, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. They were passionate about it. They had their mission statement and they just, uh, they were a cool bunch. 
and I think uh, one of their team had gone to my university in the past, and so um, I was uh, quite, yeah, I just, we had a really good chat about the similar things we did at school, um, and then I also, I think they had bright hoodies, and I liked the colour of their hoodies too, so I said hi, spoke to them for a bit, asked them about what they do in the space, and that was kind of it, um, and then I think five or so months later, I was doing a boot camp thing for, for LBL, and I asked them to come and speak at the boot camp because I needed an emergency speaker. Um, and they they said yes. They were like, sure, why not? We'll send some of our people. Um, and we did like an opening talk because we used to do boot camps where we would do like an introduction to Bitcoin, introduction to Ethereum, introduction to all the different areas, aspects of blockchain identity, how to use MetaMask, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, we would get a real world example from like an actual company or people working in the industry and get them to talk about what they're doing. Um, so I got them to do the final talk. And then after that, we were like, hey, why don't we put a conference together or some sort of event with all the DeFi projects in London? So we got all of the different projects in to speak at some massive event back in 2020, I think. Uh, early 2020. And we planned it throughout 2019. Um, and then I did this big event. It was pretty cool. Got all the people speaking. And then uh, I was just quite fascinated by what they were doing. And at that point, actually, that was a bit of a turning point for me. Because I was quite, I was at um, the LSE, and at the you're also an LSE student, and there was a big culture for uh, going into investment banking, traditional finance, or consulting, or those sorts of jobs, applying for grad schemes, constantly going for the next internship. Um, I remember I was doing like an internship the summer before at Deutsche Bank, and so I was kind of into the whole finance and um, investment banking side of things, but that was like the thing I was doing because everyone else was doing that. But at the same time, I was also doing all the London blockchain lab stuff. And I was really interested in the blockchain space. And I had these two sides, but the blockchain industry didn't really exist to the extent that it does now. Like now there's ridiculous amount of jobs back then. There were still a lot of jobs, but not enough people that could do those jobs. But now it's just grown and grown. There's so many different aspects of the industry. Um, but yeah, I, I did a, I'd done a few different blockchain internships and I'd done some research for blockchain firms before like 2019, 2018. I'd done a few different gigs in the space, but I never, I hadn't, I wanted to make, I, I didn't really, wasn't sure of how viable it was as a full-time career option, like the thing I would actually pursue. Because, um, uh, I don't know, if you were there in 2018, like, people were very uncertain the industry would still exist because everything was just going down and down. I remember there was like the March crash of everything. So, um... Yeah, um, I, I, after doing that conference, I said, hey, um, uh, I said to one of the colleagues, I was like, hey, can I work with, can I spend the summer working with you guys and see what it's like? Um, I really like the community work that you are doing, and uh, I am doing a lot of community work myself here, so it kind of is a natural fit, um, and we can work out the details of what exactly I do. Um, and they were like, yeah, sure, because we've, we've seen all the other stuff you're doing, and you seem pretty cool, um, I guess. There might have been different words. And then, uh, yeah, that was kind of the summer where I would work out if I wanted to work in the industry. Um, and then I worked there and initially it was, it was pretty great from the, from the start. Like I really enjoyed it. One of the nicest places I've worked at, really cool people, uh, very flat and very, uh, like all the ideas or things or that I'd come up with, uh, were, I was able to pursue them and I don't know, I really enjoyed working with that group. And also just working in the industry, because you get to learn about all the new developments as things are going on. The team at Vega, they think about the, um, they think about the company really, really, like, it's a long-term view. 
and the way they plan, the way they look at the industry and the challenges they have to face and the way they tackle their problems, I was quite impressed. And uh, I just, yeah, after working there for that summer, um, they asked me to stay. I was pretty happy to stay and work part-time while I was a student. And then I worked there over that, that year and I didn't really look back. Um, so I, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I worked there that year and I was like, okay, they're like, who needs TradFi? Forget that shit. Um, blockchain crypto all the way. I think I'm going to be in this industry for like the foreseeable future. Unless it all comes crashing down, which I don't think it will, because we have so many different aspects of the industry now. Um, I think I'm here for the foreseeable future and I don't know what I was doing looking at. Well, I do know what I was doing. It's the safe route, but this is definitely the better route. So that's kind of how I got into the industry. At Vega, I do community work. I can speak a bit about that if you want. Um, yeah, if you could give a brief, uh, maybe like a example day-to-day kind of uh, experience. Sure. So actually, it's it's a lot of the same as the stuff I was doing at uni because I was very good at making the communities of the block the blockchain communities and then growing them and getting people involved. Um, but it's a lot. It's different in many ways, as well. So, um, I do community community work within Vega. So I help grow their various different communities on different channels. Um, I actually helped set up their Discord channel, and that's a. I don't know, that seems like a small thing, but Discord's now the place where all the community come when they initially get first contact with the company. Um, and so I helped grow that community there. Um, I manage the competitions. I do I, I do the partnerships, I'm at the conferences. I'm finding different p- ways that we can work with other projects. I'm engaging with the early community members. Um, we're finding out the different needs of people in, in the Vega community and uh, how we can best meet their needs and also get them to give us feedback on their projects. Sometimes we're helping run incentives where we have a test net and we're trying to incentivize people to test different aspects of the protocol um, and then taking that feedback and improving the product. Um, I'm also uh, writing the newsletters, the community updates. Um, What else? I don't know, like anything that comes up. The thing I like about the job as well is it changes quite a lot. So every every few months, uh, because of the way the industry moves and the way the company's goals change, because like now we've launched our main net, and so things are a little different now to when they were two, a year and a half ago when we just had a private test net, and people that came into the community couldn't actually... It was harder for them to test out the, the, the thing we were building, and so there wasn't so much for them to do, and you had to create other ways to engage people and ways to get them to stick around. Um, and then now it's uh, like they can come along, they can get out there and wallet, they can try the software, we can take the feedback and we can also do different initiatives. Like I run the hackathons too, um, I, or I co-run some of the hackathons and I'll design the specs and I'll also um, help help design some of the things. Um, and yeah, I'll be doing hiring. Um, and I'm also trying to kickstart an ambassador program where we uh, get loads of people working and getting the, empowering the community to start creating their own things on Vega so that we don't have to handhold every step of the handhold them every step of the way making it a bit more of a uh, transitioning towards that DAO structure that I eventually want the company to turn towards and I think that's the team's idea first we build the software then we make the main net we decentralize it get the validators just running this running it so that we are like the like the Bitcoin foundation just putting updates and giving it pr- progressively pushing stuff out but they don't have to accept it if they don't want it um and eventually i think we turn into a DAO or a foundation and that involves a lot of decentralization a lot of giving the power of the of who controls the protocol to the token holders to the community to the people that are contributing to the project 
as well as us who were contributing to this project in terms of the code and other stuff. So, yeah, I helped build out that community, which eventually will govern the project and keep the protocol going. Um, and, yeah, the job literally involves a bit of everything, which is quite fun because I always liked doing a bit of everything growing up. And, yeah, I hope that explains it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're busy at all, actually. <laughs> now, it makes me makes me uh, yeah more appreciative that you've uh, taken the time to 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 chat with me today. Um, uh, yeah, thank you for you know, taking the time. Yeah, it it no. So it sounds like you do yeah a bit of everything, like you said. Um, I'm wondering, you know, people looking from the outside in definitely. I, I feel like you know DeFi in particular, but but crypto in general is uh, kind of a unique industry in many ways, particularly in, uh, you know, uh, working in the industry, like you said, you know, discord channels, um, are super important, um, for gathering that community, uh, and, you know, and different social aspects, uh, like that. So I was wondering, you know, uh, what best prepared you for your current work? You did speak a little bit about your work at, um, the similar work you were doing at LBL. Um, but you know, what would you say to others, you know, looking to dedicate some time to either learning about, or maybe, you know, starting to contribute to the space, uh, you know, where should they go to learn or, uh, connect with people in the industry? Well, I can't answer that question without saying they should all join London blockchain labs, find out what we're doing and, uh, try and connect and grow and learn through us. Uh, that was where I was, that's where I started. Um, but getting, get your hands dirty, as we mentioned at the start of the call, getting involved with different projects. So you can go and find something you're interested in, go join their Discord, their Telegram, or their other things, talk to the development team, see if there's any bounties or any open things that you can you can try out or get involved with. Um, if they're not and you're, or if like you can find another project, but um, if, if there's not, but you can see things that they might need, you can suggest things that you can do to help contribute to what they're building. And then if you want to work full time for them or like you want to work in some capacity, you can propose that after you show some work. And then usually you give that proof of work and then they're like, yeah, we like this. Um, we, we might take you on to do something more with us. Um, or you find, I think there's a big trend right now, which uh, you can definitely capitalize on, which is the huge emergence of DAOs, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations. I mentioned them a little bit as Vega wants to transition to that down the line. Um, in that if you join a DAO, you can get um, direct ownership for the stuff that you're doing within within those organizations. And if you join, I think, a DAO that becomes successful very early on, uh, you can really learn a lot about the space, get your get your hands really dirty, get involved, um, and start contributing to the success and growth of a project that whatever the DAO is doing, unless it's something like Constitution DAO, where you're just trying to buy the Constitution, um, you you got to find... Uh, so it's something yeah creating some sort of value and then you can join that group and even if he doesn't take you where you want to be just the fact that you joined will give you experience and will build up your your blockchain knowledge and even your on-chain knowledge because on, on-chain experience because you'll be interacting with different um contracts and things that will show like some some employers i think down the line might just see say like send us your theory, send us your address your whatever crypto they're using and then they'll see all the things you've done in the past and be like okay this person clearly has experience from this this and that so it will build up your experience in the space um so yeah and then with community work um i was building communities a lot in university i was uh i built the dance society actually 
I didn't build the dance society. I joined the the boys dance crew when we had about three or four boys dancing in all of the university. And then I was actually saying this to my team the other day at Vega. And then they were like, oh, you were building communities from like the very start. And then I was like, oh yeah, I guess I was. Um, so I was, I, I joined a friend who won, who made uh, the all male dance crew at the LSE. And then we built that up from five, 10 people up to about 30, 40, 30 ish by the end of the, my last year. And at that point, we went from like five guys dancing in LSE and 120 or so girls to about 30, 40 guys. And we were the biggest crew. We were the biggest dance crew in all of the university. And that was just from engaging, making everyone feel welcomed, wanted and, and safe within the space, uh, engaging with what people needed and making it really fun, making it a good environment. And then that grew over time, just a lot of consistent small effort. And then over the years, people could see the proof of the things you've been doing. And that brings more people into wanting to do those things. Um, and it was similar with London Blockchain Labs. It started off very small. Uh, the team was tiny. And then over the years, it got bigger and bigger. And now we are uh, hopefully going to get even bigger. And then with Vega, like when I first started Vega, our community was maybe like 3,000 or so um, on different channels. Um, there was only 15 or so people in the company. Um, and now there's maybe 50. And uh, we've uh, just done... We've... we've We've come so far since when I first began, but the, the, the communities are in the like tens of thousands, maybe probably much bigger in the terms of people who know what we are. Um, and I think it's just going to be really, we're going to grow even more this year because we've actually finally delivered the mainnet like a few days ago, um, the restricted mainnet. And then we start going to conferences and actually announcing the things we're building. So yeah, you can get involved in communities. You can uh, get involved in communities. Get your hands dirty in different DAOs or organizations. Try and talk to the development teams because one good thing about crypto is you can join, you can join the community and get direct access to the person that's actually creating the things. Whereas it's a lot harder in traditional industries. You can just join the Discord and usually the, the founders are active there. Um, or you can just start reading and then like getting really deep into a certain area of the space. So you want to know about zero knowledge proofs. You just spend all your time going deep in zero knowledge proofs. And then you can become a bit of an expert on that just by spending some months or weeks reading all the material and then committing to discussions on that. And then eventually someone will be like, shit, this person's an expert on zero knowledge proofs. I need them for this thing that I'm creating with relation to that. So yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my, some of my advice. I agree. I mean, the information, information asymmetry is huge now. And if you're able to gain even a little bit of expertise in a specific area, I think that definitely gives you a huge uh, heads up on the competition. Um, but I also think that there was two very important points that I wanted to highlight what you're just talking about. Um, one, which is the kind of the new way that communities are forming as well as the importance that they have in crypto i think in terms of motivating people to uh do work contribute uh proactively to a project i think you know fostering this kind of source of communal uh a communal environment like you were saying i i like the metaphor even with the dance team i mean you formed this community it was pretty small but you fostered a great communal environment which encouraged a lot more people to join um which probably made it more fun for everyone um so kind of using this force as a driving motivation to build a project on i think is something very new and innovative what DAOs are doing and i think it's super exciting to get involved with and you kind of have to go see it for yourself almost kind of thing uh and like you were saying that's one of the best ways to get involved um and then 
The second point being this idea that proof of work is maybe not just the Bitcoin consensus mechanism, but actually something that holds very true to uh, contributing to and maybe eventually getting a job uh, in the industry. I think it is super important to to be proactive, do work on your own um, in this space. It does sound like a lot of work at first, maybe, but I think more often than not, it will be rewarded in the end. Uh, companies are looking to hire all the time uh, people with you know experience as well as kind of that proactivity to go out and uh, do work, do research on their own. And I think having this proof of work is, uh, is super important uh, moving forward and if you're looking to get involved in the industry. So that, yeah, that was a great two points I think you, uh, you leave us with there. Um, Thank you. And anyway, uh, yeah, we've really well. <laughs> we've uh, arrived at the last question, um, and with this being the first episode, um, I thought I'd mention that I'm thinking of ending the show with uh, the same question for every guest. Uh, so hopefully you like this one. Uh, otherwise, I guess I'll just scrap it um, and find a new way to end the, th- end the show. Uh, anyway, uh, if you could give your past self one piece of advice as you entered the crypto space. What would it be? Uh, this could mean before you started either working full time in crypto or before you ever spent a single minute uh, in crypto. Um, is there any sort of actionable advice you would like to leave the audience with? It can be very general too. It doesn't have to be necessarily super specific like we were just discussing. Yeah, okay. Um, so. I think uh, this is advice I would give to newer people. Um, I would, I think I did a lot of this, but the more, I, if I did more, it would have been even better, um, which is to learn the foundations and learn actually about the technology itself rather than just um, learning the notion of cryptocurrency and like the fact that you can send it to people and then it's the global permissionless currency. Uh, learn about how blockchain works um, and why exactly... Like learn about the intricacies of each of the different things that you're looking at um, because once you learn in a deep level what uh, even like what is proof of work like it's quite a fascinating con- like way that even mathematics or different cryptography um, civil resistance all these different things come together to make this system that allows us to transact value I think that's quite it's quite fascinating and if you learn if you put the time into learning about how these things work your conviction in the whole industry and the space grows because you understand a bit more about why the things that are possible now weren't possible before and where we can go with them if we apply these concepts further or if we solve some of the problems that we have currently in the industry right now, from like the gas fees, the scalability trilemma, etc. So I would say don't just dive in and play around with investing or whatever. Learn about why those things are interesting and inherently have, have some value. Um, to other people, right? At least right now, they might not have value forever. But why, why are we interested in them? Um, so I would definitely say a lot of that because I've seen a lot of newer people, and they come up to me and they're like, I don't know, should I buy pirate coin <laughs> or some other shit? Um, and I, I, or I don't know. I'm trying to get into the industry, and like, I like if oh they they just say stuff like oh Ethereum is rubbish, it's dead because um Binance Smart Chain's faster. Um, and you can just do, I, why would I use this? Because the fees are really high, which fair enough, like that's a very valid criticism, but you have to, yeah, if you understood 
the history of everything and why where we got to where we are today and where we might go, uh, you wouldn't be asking some of those questions so much or you would come at them with a different angle. Um, and so I would spend some time really researching and learning and going deep into the first principles of how, how blockchains are built. So TLDR, yeah. be in it for the tech is what I'm I, in it for I the was tech. hearing. I'm in it for the tech. I'm not here for the money. I'm here for the tech. Um, amazing. Well, yeah. thank you for that, Dagan. I really appreciate that answer as well as all your other ones. That was super interesting to hear about. Um, just as a last thing, uh, as, if any of the listeners want to get uh, either in contact with you or learn about uh, more about Vega, uh, where should they go? Uh, they can probably find me on the Vega Discord. But uh, I'll be, I've got a Twitter account that I don't use very much. It's uh, at, I think it's the, I'm not even sure what my Twitter username is. So uh, this is a disappointment, but it's probably DAI. I probably should have prepared you better for this question. It's D-A-I-G-N-R-D. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or whatever else. But Twitter's probably cool or Telegram. I think my Telegram handle is similar to that. Uh, so yeah, come and come and find me and ask ask questions. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate the uh, the time. Thank you, Sam. This is a pleasure.